Long time since I'm down. I'm rap monster, and I'm 19. I got no rocks to blow. You know that future's mine still. Hello and welcome to another episode of BTS by the Book, a podcast that explores BTS through books about them, one chapter at a time. I'm your host, the BTS Bookworm, and this episode was introduced by a few seconds from the song, uh, translated in English, I believe, Vote, or Vote or Just Shut Up, which is a solo track by R.M., and it is a cover of a Kanye West song from quite a while back. And that song has a direct tie-in to today's chapter. And so hold on for that connection, which I'll share momentarily. We are looking at a chapter, the second, from the book BTS, Blood, Sweat, and Tears by Tamar Herman, published by Viz Media, from 2020. Tamar Herman is, according to the book, a New York City-based journalist specializing in international music and media, with a focus on the Asian pop culture market and its trends. I've shared with you before that I really uh, appreciate a book like this because it's got a lot to, a lot of substance, a lot to, to work with, a lot of good content to uh, react to, respond to. It's over 300 pages. I would say it's, uh, it's got a lot of good photos in it. But it's definitely not a photo book. It's probably 10 to 15% photos at most. It's just my guesstimate. There's a lot of color in the book, so this is not a book that just has a lot of black text on white pages. A lot of the pages uh, are in some really nice color, bright and cheery, and uh, it's, it makes it an interesting read. And so it, it, it doesn't look like a normal book. It's a large-sized book, close to 8.5 by 11, I think, height and width. And So there's a lot, lot of good content in here. A large chunk of the book is devoted to albums, and each track uh, gets a little bit of attention uh, in those sections. There's a blood section, a sweat section, and tears section to correspond to the book Blood, Sweat, and Tears. The sweat section focuses on albums and tracks. That's approximately 160 pages, over half of the book. We looked uh, a few episodes back at a chapter from the blood section, the first section. Today we're looking at a chapter from the tears section, that third section. Uh, before before we look at that chapter, though, I'd like to share a few lines from the introduction of the book that I think sums up what the author is trying to accomplish with the book. So here's a quote. This book explores BTS and their impact on the world, with a particular focus on their rise in the U.S. through the Love Yourself and Map of the Soul eras. 
part music bio, part analysis, BTS Blood, Sweat, and Tears aims to be a thorough introduction to the South Korean septet and their discography for new audiences and longtime fans who are curious about their rise to unprecedented fame and how they have, with diligence, dedication, and talent, created a new music world order. Now, the thing I'll add to that last line, which has to do with today's chapter, is diligence and dedication and talent will only get you so far in life and only so far in the music industry. It's going to take something else or several somethings. And there's an element that is uh, added to this diligence, dedication, and talent that uh, the author explores in this chapter. Uh, She has entitled BTS Breaks the Internet. This is a seven-page chapter that immediately follows the chapter uh, all about ARMY. And the plan is to get to that chapter eventually, someday. As you may recall, whenever I look at a book, I don't look at it again for quite some time. I, I would rather listeners go out and buy their own copy of the book uh, instead of relying on me to walk them through uh, every chapter. Um, please consider picking up your own copy of this really excellent uh, and nice-looking book. But uh, going back to the comment, you know, the talent is there, the dedication is there for sure. That's one thing we appreciate so much about BTS, but if it wasn't for the internet and the way BTS and Big Hit has has utilized the internet, they, they would not be anywhere close to the global phenomenon they are t- t- today. And so uh, I want to get specific with that, like the author does in this chapter she calls BTS Breaks the Internet. The chapter begins with a reference to the Billboard Music Awards uh, going back to 2017. This was the year that BTS received their first uh, award for Top Social Artist, uh, breaking the trend that uh, Justin Bieber had held on to for several years, going back to when they first initiated the Top Social Artist Award. He had it every single year until BTS started winning it in 2017, and they've won it for five years in a row uh, going through uh, 2021. Now, this is one of the very few awards, uh, the Billboard Music Awards, that is a, as a fan uh, vote component, uh, which may explain with the help of ARMY and uh, wannabe armies why they've been able to hold on to it so much. But anyway, so, th- but obviously that's a big tie-in to, uh, that, that award has a big tie-in with social media. And uh, this is a group, the author uh, comments multiple times, that had very little of that traditional uh, exposure to audiences, especially like audiences worldwide, like U.S., uh, through radio play. You know, uh, this was a, a, an award that when BTS first won it, I've had a lot of people in the U.S., this is the author's perspective too, just didn't know much about BTS. Because, you know, if they weren't on the right social media uh, channels um, and following 
the group through Twitter or YouTube or something like that, they wouldn't have known much about BTS. Maybe they heard about them, but they certainly wouldn't have thought they could have pulled off this kind of uh, award, uh, dethroning someone like Justin Bieber, especially because they weren't on the radio or things like that, uh, the author uh, goes on to point out. And so, uh, obviously, that was the case back in 2017. That's changed. People do know about BTS now, of course, um, way more than they, they did. Uh, the, the next paragraph, after this kind of setup scenario or anecdote, uh, talks about the years. You know, they debuted in 2013, but the, the years 2016 through 2020 which is when this book was published, uh, the author comments, and I don't think this is an overstatement, that they were the most talked about music group or slash general entity uh, on the web uh, through social media. And uh, outlets such as Twitter and YouTube are specifically mentioned as being very prominent for BTS. But then Live, the app that came... Uh, out later, um, is also mentioned here, uh, providing platforms for BTS to share their, not only their career, but their daily lives with fans, the author comments. Weverse is mentioned here. A lot of us are familiar with that. I like this statement. These brief windows into BTS's world are a key factor in the act's uh, appeal. And that is certainly the case. The author talks about their time prior to debut, uh, in which they relied on uh, Twitter quite a bit. Obviously, they relied on YouTube as well. <clears throat> Excuse me, but Twitter's mentioned here. And their first recorded tweet in December 7, uh, on December 17th, tw 2012, uh, is mentioned here. And it was maybe in Korean originally, but uh, the author translates it here. And I want to read this English translation here of this first tweet uh, from at BTS underscore TWT. Um, it reads, What's up? We're BTS. Finally, the BTS Twitter account is officially open. Clap, clap, clap. We will be uploading fun things beyond your imagination here. Until our debut. Obviously, they definitely did that and have been doing so much more ever since, think. And we're all thankful for that. Uh, there's a brief mention of, uh, on the same day, RM, uh, his release of his solo cover of Kanye West's song um, uh, having to do with voting. Uh Shut up and vote is a good way to translate the name of the song, um, or vote or shut up. Uh, and that was released on the Bangtan TV YouTube channel, same day. So this is why we started the episode with this song, because of that historic occasion. This is before the debut of the group in 2013. The author makes a really nice statement in the next paragraph. I would like to read that. B 
BTS truly were setting off on a career that would lead them and the global music scene to a place that would have been hard for anyone reading that first tweet to imagine back at the end of 2012. I threw in my own word there first to give you some context of what she was talking about. That tweet, no, when that came out, no one would have imagined where uh, Twitter uh, would have uh, taken a BTS. So through, t through Twitter, the author observes uh, they were able to share with ARMY snippets of their daily lives via pictures, short posts, and screenshots. Uh, the next paragraph talks about how K-pop groups in general were using social media uh, around the time BTS began. And there's a mention here of um, uh, Facebook being used, uh, Instagram being used. There aren't, there's no mention of specific groups uh, here, just K-pop in general is being referred to here. Um, the author comments that Twitter was relatively unpopular among celebrities at the start of BTS, that time period. Uh, but it became kind of the go-to bridge, social media bridge, between uh, BTS and ARMY. So they kind of started a new trend in that regard, seemingly. Uh, in the next paragraph... The author answers the question, why Twitter? Why not something else? Well, she describes Facebook as something that was viewed, uh, it's still like this today, I guess, uh, as something you would use for more personal related things with friends and family. Um, and Instagram and Tumblr, uh, while being useful, were kind of limited and didn't have the uh, kind of... Uh, the full-fledged uh, communication aspects that Twitter uh, seemed to offer. The author says it was brief but conversational, which was key. And they used Twitter as a multi this is a quote, multifaceted, real-time, dialogue-oriented window through which ARMY can see into their lives and careers. Don't we appreciate that? Um, I love this statement that uh, introduces the next paragraph. I've underlined it, exclamation points in the margin. Uh, the author writes, One important element of BTS's Twitter usage is that it distinctly separates the seven men and their career. So let me read that last part again. It separates the seven men and their career. So the group itself... Uh, operates at BTS underscore TWT. But there are other accounts that are uh, under the guidance of Big Hit, like BTS underscore Big Hit, um, or at Big Hit Int, E-N-T. So those are accounts that are uh, seemingly uh, reserved for the company as a whole, whereas the TWT account is, is something that BTS, the group members, seem to have more control over. And so they were able to set themselves apart with that account, uh, which is great. Um, and the author talks in the next paragraph about how each member, uh, they don't uh, have their own uh, 
Well, I don't know if she's saying they don't have their own Twitter accounts. They just don't. Uh, each of the members chooses to use the uh, TWT account as a group rather than each pe- each member having their own individual Twitter accounts they do a lot with. That seems to be hinted at in the next paragraph here. YouTube and VLive as video type outlets is talked about in the next paragraph. Um, this is another way they've connected through their fans, uh, with their fans. Uh, the author describes this platform being more planned and more coordinated than what they may do with Twitter. Uh, but during their early years, when it was hard, the author's saying this, not me, uh, during their early years when it was hard for BTS to get their name out, to get their content out, uh, even just with South, their South Korean neighbors, uh, BTS relied on their Bangtan TV YouTube channel uh, heavily to to overcome any kind of hurdles there. They were able to, to to still reach quite a few people, probably way outside of South Korea, uh, with that platform. Uh, she goes on to talk more about Bangtan TV uh, in the next paragraph, um, referring again to the first upload to the Bangtan TV channel uh, being RM's Shut Up and Vote song, which we've talked about already. Heard a few seconds of it. If you want to hear more, you can find it out there somewhere to stream, I'm sure. Uh, And this, the author says, was a hint early on that this group would uh, maybe be the type of group that would have a meaningful socio-political message for mi- for listeners, um, maybe on an ongoing basis. So it's it's kind of telling how uh, the first message uh, shared through Bangtan TV had this vote uh, message, the importance of voting, um, and that has to do with the socio-political message that has uh, kind of been pervasive off and on uh, through the years. And in the next paragraph, some uh, series on the YouTube channel are mentioned here, like Bangtan Bomb, and the series simply entitled Episode. Uh, Bangtan Bomb is described here as brief videos uh, of the group doing pretty much just whatever. (laughs) You know, it's, uh, it's doesn't seem to be scripted, a lot of fun, playing around types of things. Uh, the episode series takes fans, the author says, behind the scenes of performances or projects the group was working on or had just released. There's also a uh, mention of two individual efforts like Eat Jin, that's E-A-T, and then capital J-I-N for Jin, and then Hope on the Street, which was J-Hope's dance-heavy uh, uh solo type series on the channel. Now, uh, the author uh, comments that uh, Bangtan TV, like the, the the one Twitter account mentioned earlier, uh, allowed the group to kind of 
do seemingly do their own thing uh, uh separate and apart from the company although we all know there's that's not exactly true it just has that feel about it and the author talks about how um this channel was a place for BTS to be humans rather than idols. And I circled that because I think that's really important. I think it's one of those things we all feel when we're enjoying Bangtang TV comment uh, content. Uh, let me read it again. It was a place for BTS to be humans rather than idols. That's a quote. Uh, so this, according to the author, is a kind of a down-to-earth uh, venue uh, for the, the members of BTS. Uh, it allows them to be just average teenagers, 20-somethings, having fun with each other, rather than the uh, uh, other content where they're uh, more, they have to be a little more professional and uh, like they're marketing themselves in some form. You don't feel like a lot of the Bangtan TV is, is all about marketing. Now, even if it is <laughs> uh, in large measure, it just doesn't feel that way. And she talks about that uh, too. Uh, in the next paragraph, the, she uses the word innovative. And I always love when our chapters uh, talk about things BTS started doing that really what was a, a new thing that maybe uh, has affected the music industry uh, ever since. And so she uses the word innovative. The question is, how were they innovative? Um, other K-pop artists, she says, were using similar platforms like YouTube and all, but uh, BTS was using it to provide access, easy access to the sort of content that fans seemed to want. Namely, here's a quote, a behind-the-scenes look at BTS's career and lives. So I think the uh, key phrase there is behind the scenes. You kind of feel that way when you're watching a lot of their uh, YouTube content. Uh, v Live is talked about in the next paragraph, and uh, so as a supplement to the YouTube channel, uh, this is where Run BTS is first mentioned here, a weekly variety series where the members typically participate in challenges and competitions to receive prizes or punishments. That's a quote. Uh, a lot of us are familiar with Run BTS and have enjoyed it for many years. Uh, v Live also uh, featured Bon Voyage, the travel log, uh, filming in a very kind of relaxed way, BTS uh, traveling to different countries. And uh, didn't you feel, I know most of you have probably watched some of that, uh, and I, I have too, you just felt like you were right there with them, seeing um, them act this, the way we would act if we were traveling and camping and all of that. I, I just love that. Uh, and that seems unique compared to a lot of other uh, online content from various music uh, groups and artists. So in the next paragraph, we talk about, uh, the author talks about uh, the popularity of BTS's Twitter account and uh the V-Live channel in Korea specifically. Uh, the three major Twitter accounts associated with BTS are the three most followed 
accounts in South Korea as of June 2019. And VLive is mentioned. Uh, BTS is one group on that channel, but they're the first. Their channel is the first. Uh, the, let me say that again. The channel on VLive devoted to BTS, uh, among the other channels. Uh, was the first channel to surpass 10 million subscribers in 2018. The author comments. I want to read a uh, two-sentence quote from the next paragraph because I think it says things in such a great way I could never say it better. Um, here's the quote. BTS share a part of themselves through social media and successfully market their identity as a relatable, hard-working boy band to millions of fans worldwide who are ready to cheer them on and support them. There's nothing arrogant about their social media posts. Everything about BTS appears to be driven by their hard work and relatability, their love of music, and their love for fans. Isn't that so well stated? Doesn't that just capture what you feel when you watch the content, their content online. I love it when an author says something that I could never say, but I have felt it. And that's certainly something I have felt. And she does go on to say after that quote that obviously uh, there's a lot of planning that goes into their uh, their content online. Uh, a lot of it is, is planned. Uh, she doesn't use the word scripted. Uh, she used the word uh, curated. <laughs> um, but still, even if there is more planning than we might realize going on behind the scenes, it's still the final product that we see and experience. Uh, it just comes across as, quote, earnest and wholesome. Um, and she says, you know, these are idols for sure, but they're doing things uh, in a way that, that that makes you not think of them as idols, uh, per se. Uh, and she goes on to say uh, later in the paragraph that uh, she uses the words approachability and authenticity, which are two of their main draws for me personally. Uh, I don't have to be a teenager to appreciate that approachability and authenticity. I... I uh, that is that is a timeless, ageless thing, in my opinion. Um, uh, she does say, though, that even though there's some curation going on, that BTS's social media content isn't as, quote, tightly curated as is typical of K-pop stars. It feels like something they, ha they want to share with fans in that moment, not because they have to, but because they want to, end quote. I think that says a lot right there. She doesn't give a lot of specifics, and so I guess we have to go look it up ourselves if we want more, but that definitely just feels right. <laughs> uh, that's all I can say about that. Um, in the next paragraph, uh, just to sum up some of her comments, uh, and I appreciate this, she says, you can't say that BTS's success is solely um, due to their social media uh, efforts. Um, like, in other words, you can't say they're as big as they are because of it, because that would take away from so many other things. Like, we started the, 
the episode bit, their 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 talent, their 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 drive, and things like that. But but would they be where they are today without it? Without that social media? No, I think we could all say no. They would not be. Um, and later in this paragraph, it's a long paragraph. She talks about the Billboard Music Awards again and that Top Social Artist Award. And she talked about how impressive that was uh, because, you know, there are a lot of, um, it, you know, displacing someone like Justin Bieber, um, that's a, a, a big deal for, for a group like BTS, um, this non-American you know, non uh, a group from a non-Western market, like they're not British even, anything like that. It's, it's this was a, a, a big deal. And uh, social media definitely helped them get over that hump. Um, it helped them become the, what the author calls a headline act. You know, so without social media, without YouTube, without Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, you know, if it was just their talent and their drive and commitment to their craft, they would not have become a headline act like they are today. And so the headline act status um, so definitely would have uh, relied on things like uh, their social media efforts. Uh, what she means by headline act is, maybe, maybe goes without saying, but... Uh, with their performances at uh, and being invited to perform at things like the American Music Awards and being a part of Dick Clark's New Year's Rocking e Rockin' Eve in 2018, things like that. That's a headline act, um, sort of thing. And and she goes on to say with the last pair, uh, page in the chapter that the, in part this is such a big deal because this is a group that didn't get the radio play that the Justin Bieber's of the world would have gotten or other. Uh, groups like Ariana Grande or Taylor Swift. I mean, so without all that radio play, they were still able to do this. And so the author describes this as a new paradigm, you know, of what it meant meant or means to be mainstream. You know, um, so they they became more popular than all these other acts like Justin Bieber, for example. But they did it without these traditional uh, aspects of, of gauging popularity, like radio play. That's one thing she highlights here. So, uh, And how does this happen without YouTube? How does this happen without uh, Twitter and things like that? And ARMY is specifically mentioned at the start of the next paragraph because that's, that's how it happens. Army could not hap uh, make it happen without these social media tools as well. Um, so uh, in, in this next uh, paragraph, there are some societal barriers referred to here. Um, things like just overall, uh, ju just a general resistance to outsiders. Um, and BTS would have been considered certainly uh, an outsider with their um, their Korean roots and then the language barrier and things like that. And there's just this, uh, uh, resistance to those kinds of, of acts, uh, in a 
generally speaking, um, in the industry. And so without an army is mentioned, uh, of course, in this social media context for helping BTS overcome all of that and actually just, uh, exploded basically, but she does mention it wasn't an overnight thing here. And I, I appreciate it when someone says this, this is years in the making. It did not happen in a year. didn't happen in two years. It, it's happened five, six, seven type years. Um, and so, uh, she does state the obvious. This would have been previously viewed as impossible without this mix of, uh, social media tools and a supportive group like army the last paragraph uh, has a wonderful sentence to begin it and i just want to end with it it's just so well stated she says social media proved to be the great equalizer for bts showing the industry that geographic boundaries no longer have the impact they once did and maybe there were some signs of that, in uh, quote, sorry. There, maybe there were some signs of that with some other groups before BTS. But it, it certainly didn't become crystal clear until BTS was able to manage it the way they did. And uh, the paragraph goes on. It's a short paragraph, this last one. Uh, to me, she's talking about historic type things. I mean, we all know that what we're seeing with BTS is truly historic. I think 20, 30 years from now, long after BTS is gone as a, a group, which we don't like to think about, but you know, once it happens, I think we all think that people are going to look back to this BTS period as a historic occasion, truly. In fact, when it comes to books, I think that's when more and more books may be written about them because that's, that's what happens when uh, something historical happened Maybe the books don't get written too much during it, but certainly after it is when the books just start exploding. I think we're going to see that someday. But uh, this historic uh, content she ends with has to do with uh, topping uh, a group from South Korea, like BTS, topping the Billboard 200 albums charts on two occasions, and then uh, repeating it uh, again, uh, later, and uh, this is a reference to 2018, starting with 2018, and uh, so this chapter is just full of what I appreciate most about any book dealing with BTS, and that is, does the author have a way to identify the special nature of BTS, and then are they able to put it into words for us to be able to read and think to ourselves, yes, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I've thought for maybe years and just haven't been able to put it into words. But thanks to this author, we have the words now, and it just helps me renew my appreciation all over again for this wonderful group that we love, uh, and that is BTS. I hope eventually to get to the chapter uh, that just precedes this chapter um, that's all about ARMY. I think because this chapter 
preceded that chapter in in uh, Herman's book. She didn't talk too too much about army, barely mentioning army a couple times. And so uh, I think that's because she had a lot to say in the chapter just prior. Um, and we will get to that, hopefully, um, at some point. As always, I want to ask you f- for your support of this podcast, but not in a very traditional way. I don't think I'd like to ask you to show your support for this podcast by supporting uh, a, a much more uh, worthy uh, group uh, called Books for Africa. You'll find them online at booksforafrica.org. Uh, they uh, have targeted um, areas and people groups in Africa that have very little book um, content to work with. You know, we're used, many of us are used to books being readily available in all sorts of formats, digital, hard copy. Well, there are plenty of people in other parts of the world, including Africa, that just don't have that luxury. And and BFA is trying to uh, rectify that. If you like this podcast, Check out BFA online. See if you like them as well. And if you do, consider donating to that effort. Uh, Every little bit helps. I have nothing to gain from saying this to you. I just uh, believe that this is a worthwhile, a BTS-worthy type of group. And And it has to do with books, of course. So check them out. And let me know that you have by sending me an email at btsbythebook at gmail.com. You can use that email address to ask questions, make comments, or recommend books, as long as they're over 100 pages, preferably, and in English. If you haven't heard me talk about a book up to this point, there's a chance maybe I don't know about it. I have only another book or two in the queue that I plan to talk about that I haven't already, so I've just about run the gamut of of my uh, BTS library, so feel free to recommend other books if I haven't talked about them already. Again, that's btsbythebook at gmail.com. And lastly, please consider supporting the book publishing industry when it comes to BTS content by letting authors like Sherman know that you appreciate what they're doing by purchasing their books. This book BTS Blood, Sweat, and Tears is readily available through uh, online outlets like Amazon. Pick pick yourself up a copy. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's a, a wonderful book to have in your hands. It's just so pleasurable to hold and to look at. You just have to trust me on that. And I think you, I know you will not be disappointed. That's all for this episode. And I thank you again for joining me. We will see you soon as we look at another chapter from yet another book about BTS.